0: Today on the Everything 80s podcast, the story of the unbeatable video game, Mike Tyson's Punch Out. Hey there, what's happening? Welcome back to the Everything 80s Podcast. I'm Jamie. Thanks for coming on out today. And you can just forget about it. This was a sentence told to every kid in the 80s who thought they could beat Mike Tyson in Mike Tyson's Punch-Out!! Mike Tyson's Punch-Out! was a boxing video game released in 1987 by Nintendo. You can hear the theme song here at the beginning. It featured a character named Little Mac who would have to go through a series of opponents to fight a dream match against Mike Tyson. It would sell over 3 million copies between 1987 and 1990. It contained the ultimate video game final boss in the form of Mike Tyson and seemed to be the stuff of urban legend. We all heard about someone's older brother who had apparently defeated Mike Tyson but that just seemed like a real bunch of crap. There was no internet or video game channels where you could watch someone take them down. This may have been the most frustrating game ever at the time because it was unbeatable. Even if you got to Mike, it was going to be game over. So this is a look back at Mike Tyson's Punch Out, the unbeatable video game. But before we do all that, if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe. Wherever you find your podcasts, I should be there. Okay, let's do this. So let's set the stage here for Mike Tyson's punch out. And Mike Tyson was not only one of the most intimidating boxers ever, but one of the most intimidating athletes ever. Most fights were won before he even stepped in the ring due to the psychological trauma he put his opponents through. Just the mention of his name was enough to throw you off your whole game plan. Whereas other boxers, you know, would enter the ring in lavish robes. Tyson would enter wearing a towel with a hole cut in it. Other boxers wear brightly colored shorts and coordinated outfits. Tyson would wear simple black shorts and shoes. He didn't even wear socks. There was no official entrance music for Tyson back in the 80s. He would just come to the ring to a recording that was basically one ominous note being played. If you don't remember this in the 80s or for some reason you haven't seen those old Mike Tyson fights, go back and check this like entrance out and this music unquote. Um, If you just go on YouTube and look at some of his early fights, it's really eerie and also super intimidating. This just this one straight note that's being played. Again, we don't need to go over the whole career of Tyson. We know all the highlights and the lowlights. The point is in the 80s, there weren't too many things bigger than him. And that meant making a video game. So here, now creating Mike Tyson's Punch-Out! And Punch-Out! started its life as an arcade game simply called Punch-Out! With the growing popularity of the NES, Nintendo wanted to bring this arcade hit into homes. And if you want to learn way more about the NES and everything, I've got a past episode, actually a few episodes devoted to everything to do with the Nintendo Entertainment System. The problem was the NES hardware had no near the power of a real arcade game. The assigned director of the NES version and creator of the arcade game, Genyo Takeda, would be the producer behind the cartridge version. I loved the Punch-Out! arcade game, and if you remember it, you probably recall the gameplay was different. The players were transparent, so you could see all the gameplay and the fight without interference. This was not going to be possible with the NES version. They just didn't have the technology, so they had to find a solution. They came up with the idea of making the player you controlled shorter. This would give more room above the player and the opponent could fit into the screen. Since you would be playing a small fighter, they named him Little Mac. So they created a new look to the character and would also add in some theme music, cut scenes, and a basic plot. All things that didn't exist in the arcade version. So since it was called Punch-Out, how did Tyson become involved with all this? The intent with this game all along was to just keep it called Punch-Out, like the popular arcade version. The first version, or the gold version, released for the Famicom in Japan, did not include Mike Tyson at all. The final boss in this game was Super Macho Man. Not sure if they were... Totally aware of Randy Savage yet or not, but whatever. Super Macho Man was, of course, the final opponent in the arcade game. The Punch Out arcade game came out in December 1983. Randy Savage had been using the name Macho Man since the 70s, but it wasn't wrestling related. It was given to him after he was known for getting into bench-clearing brawls while playing minor league baseball. He didn't sign with the then-WWF until 1985, so the name Macho Man wouldn't have been an intellectual property before that. So, Nintendo won on that front. Anyhow... The, after the gold version of Punja had been released, founder of Nintendo of America, Minoru Arakawa, got to see a young Mike Tyson fight. This was before Tyson would become heavyweight champion, and Arakawa was blown away by what he saw, as was everyone in the world at the time. He had never seen a boxer with such ferocity and skill being equally matched at the same time. Tyson was just equal parts power and precision. This fight appears uh, to have taken place somewhere or sometime in early 1986 as the gold version came out on September 18th, 1987. Arakawa thought they needed to have Tyson's likeness on the game to give it more legitimacy and help its popularity. It was said they paid Tyson $50,000 to use his likeness over a three-year period. So remember, Tyson is barely 20 years old, and this would be the first endorsement game Nintendo would ever make. Up to that point, all the sports games were Mario-based. You remember with the characters of Mario in soccer or ice hockey, there's no reason to sort of expand beyond that. This may also explain why Mario shows up as the referee in Punch-Out. So this was a good move, but a bit of a risk. Tyson wasn't a household name yet, and they signed him before he beat Trevor Burbick on November 22nd, 1986 to win the WBC Heavyweight Championship it turned out to be a good signing as Tyson was now world famous by the time he was programmed into punch out he had three championship belts and was 31 and oh so let's look a bit at the gameplay and sort of the style behind Mike Tyson's punch out it follows a bit of a rocky story as the game is based on little Mac who's trying to fight his way up the world boxing or sorry the world video boxing association Mac is 17 years old from the Bronx and weighs in at a cool 107 pounds there are three different circuits to fight through and the goal is to get to a dream fight against mike tyson or super macho man in the arcade version little mac isn't the most skilled but damn it he's got some heart this is basically if rudy was a video game in the 80s little mac can basically just throw right and left jabs along with a right and left body shot he does have one legit punch a powerful uppercut The trick is you can only throw this uppercut by uh, earning stars, which you accumulate for throwing a good series of counter punches. There is also a life meter on Little Mac, which rises and falls depending on how much of a beating he's taking. When it drops too low, Mac turns pink and is pretty much spent. He can't throw a punch, but he can still dodge, duck, dip, dive, and dodge. You can win or lose fights by knockout or technical knockout when the person is knocked down three times during the bout. The fights go three rounds, and they can also go to a decision. The winner is the fighter who had the best total of punches, knockdowns, and damage to them. Matt can fight ranked opponents and move up the standings, uh, but if he loses to one, he does have a shot at a rematch. But if he loses a title bout, he drops back down the ranking. For the three circuits, there are three fighters in the first or minor circuit, four in the major circuit, six in the world circuit, and then Mike Tyson. Okay, let's take a look at the actual competitors because it's kind of an interesting <laughs> combination of uh, characters they came up with. Okay, first we got Glass Joe. This poor sap is from Paris and he fights in the minor circuit. Then we have Von Kaiser. He hails from West Berlin in West Germany. Um, and if you're under 30, you're going to probably have to ask your parents what West Germany was. Then there's Piston Honda. He's a better boxer from Japan, and he's the champion of the minor circuit. We got Don Flamenco, the illustrious bullfighter from Madrid. We've got King Hippo, the big fella from the Hippo Islands. You can only hit him in the stomach, and he goes down easy. We've got Great Tiger, which was, you know, looking back now, uh, not the most sensitive thing. He's a Native American boxer who's able to teleport around the ring. We've got Bald Bull. Also, maybe questionable. Now he's uh, he hails from Istanbul. He can knock you down in one punch when he charges you. Then there's Soda Popinski. This was a way to clean up the original version. If you remember the arcade game, you know I'm talking about. As this character was known as Vodka Drunkensky in the arcade version. He's also Russian. If you hadn't picked that one up yet, then there's Mr. Sandman. He's a tough opponent who has a three uppercut punch combination. So here's how to beat Tyson. Um, I'd say practice, but it goes a lot deeper than that. Uh, and that's how to get to Carnegie Hall anyways, but this applies too. here are some of the tips to go toe to toe with the baddest man on the planet. Okay. One punch the back of his head to do more damage. You won't be able to take him straight on, but this is a way to kind of work around that. If you can last for at least a minute and 30 seconds, um, After this, Tyson stops the one-hit knockout punches. So you've got a little more longevity there. Get him down to low or no life, and then duck like your life depends on it because it basically does at this point. If you're going into the second round, he's not going to be vulnerable until there aren't any hearts left on the, the meter at the top. If you are able to knock him down at this point, he's going to get up before 10, so you have to keep working the jab. You're going to get rocked a lot, so you your duck and weave game better be pretty tight when you're not able to punch back. The goal is to try to knock him down once a round, as you probably are not going to knock him out. If you can get to the third round, two more knockouts will get you the TKO and your best chance of beating him. So I found a bunch of uh, Mike Tyson's Punch-Out secrets and Easter eggs. And it's been more than 30 years since this game came out, but old secrets keep popping up. This particular one was revealed by one of the game developers back in 2009 and has to do with knocking out Bald Bull in one punch. The secret, according to the developer, had to do with watching the camera flashes happening in the crowd. The tip turns out to be, From late game designer Satoru Iwata, In the first bout with Bald Bull, when you see a camera flash, it's time to throw the knockout punch. The next easter egg also involved Bald Bull and Piston Honda. When you're fighting them in the second round, you want to look for a bearded guy in the crowd in the front row. He is seven people in from the left and remains motionless throughout most of the fights. Against these opponents, though, uh, and fighting them for a second time, keep your eye on him. When he ducks, it's time to throw that knockout punch. It was that little hidden thing in there um, that they just put in case someone was able to find it. There is also the hidden fourth circuit. You can access this by entering one three five seven nine two four six nine zero. Also, my social security. No, I'm kidding. Um, so you enter that number then hold select and then press A and B at the same time. This opened the fourth circuit, aka another world circuit. In this circuit, uh, the secret mode, you now could face the opponents in a completely different order and chaos is all over the place. But in this circuit, there were no second chances, which is probably the should have been the tagline for the whole game. Again, where these tips were when we were kids, like we subscribed to Nintendo Power, but they put in like the most asinine tips, like if you find the flower and Mario, you can shoot a fireball. They didn't give us uh much of that. We really could use the internet when we were kids. Okay, here's the continuation of Mike Tyson's punch out. When Tyson's licensing deal ended in 1989, it seemed like the obvious thing to re-sign him, but this wasn't necessary. The game was already so established that it couldn't really get more popular. Plus, Tyson was so famous now that the cost would have been sky high compared to the paltry $50,000 used to first sign him. That was a, a steal what they got him for, if you think about 50K back in that time also things were starting to get a little out of hand with Tyson in his personal life and it was probably better to separate themselves from him and then Tyson got knocked out by James Buster Douglas if you know that um famous bite or sorry fight the, the ESPN did the 30 for 30 documentary called 42 to one which like I was you know a big Tyson fan at the time and I remember being so hyped for this thing but this was considered a warm-up fight for Vander Holyfield. They were using um, Douglas just for Tyson to roll right through. There was such little, I mean, there's a lot of interest in Tyson, but there was such little interest because there, it's just assuming Buster Douglas is just being fed to the wolves, he would get knocked out in 30 seconds. So people didn't want to pay $15,000 to go watch this fight that would be over in a blink. That was one of the reasons they said it in Japan because they figured it gave the rest of the world a chance to see Mike Tyson, and just because they everyone was waiting for the Holyfield fight, they knew this was pointless. So the way I always thought, I remember being able to listen to radio highlights of this thing, um, and then you know finding out the next day what had actually happened. The thing is, you know Tyson's got all these personal problems. There was always this thought that he didn't prepare for the fight. And he didn't train and he was out of shape. But that's not the case if you actually go back and watch the entire fight. The the fight lasted 10 rounds. So he wasn't toast, you know, exactly. And he knocked down uh, Buster Douglas in the first 30 seconds. So, like, this thing was close to being done. But uh, Buster Douglas was really tall. He had a long reach. And he trained, you know, everything he had for this one fight. Whereas Mike Tyson is having to exist as Mike Tyson, he's got so much to focus on and um, he's fought so many people. All Buster Douglas had to do was focus on strategy to fight Mike Tyson. So the big thing is in the, I think it's the eighth round Tyson actually knocks him basically out. He drops them um, near the end of the eighth, but the referee takes three seconds to start the count And uh, Douglas gets up at the nine count, which was essentially a 12 count. And then the bell rung to end the round. So looking back, I was always thinking like Tyson just wasn't ready. He was all over him. He just fought this amazingly conditioned and prepared boxer. And Tyson like essentially almost knocked him out twice. And depending on the way you look at it, he did knock him out in the eighth round. And how different things would have been if that hadn't happened. So besides that, the game would live on, and so would Tyson in video game format. Intergalactic Games would use Mike Tyson in Power Punch, which had Tyson fighting in space to become the best boxer in the universe. This game was made by an Australian company called Beam Software and was put out by American Softworks. I definitely remember playing this somewhere, but I don't remember it having an amazing impression on me. It just wasn't Mike Tyson's punch out. Uh, Punch-Out! lived on over the years um, in some other various releases. Is Super Punch-Out! Punch-Out! for the Nintendo Switch. Punch-Out! for the Wii. Okay, let's look at why Mike Tyson does not like this game. Tyson said he always hated Punch-Out! when he saw it released in 1987-88. He claims he wasn't a fan and that, I had no idea it would be such a big, uh, thing, unquote. He would later say the game grew on him a bit and his favorite character was Glass Show the only opponent he could beat. Apparently Tyson had never even played the game until 2017 where he played on the tonight show with Jimmy Fallon. They set it up. So Tyson would go right to the end of face himself and he lost in 30 seconds. The remakes of punch it over the years would replace Tyson with Dr. Dream and the version for the 2009 Wii remake featured Mr. Sandman at the end. Those characters were pretty much the same boxer as the original Tyson character, but like, you know, with a new appearance tyson however was not happy about having his legacy replaced there's obviously no way that nintendo would include his likeness in the game now but in a tweet from april 2019 tyson called out nintendo for using mr dream and asked the public who they thought of when they heard the name punch out he does have a point (laughs) okay so start sort of winding it down here look at the success and and the legacy of mike tyson's punch out and it is amazing the success this game had, considering that it was only out for three years. Uh, and during that time, it just achieved this sort of mythical status amongst video games. During its release from 1987 to 1990, it sold over 3 million units. That makes it the 11th best-selling game for the NES in North America. It's also been ranked in several top 10 lists uh, um, on the best video games of all time but the legacy of this game would live on. The draw to it is the easy gameplay but overwhelming difficulty and that's one of the hallmarks of the great video games of the past. Even going back to Atari, the the graphics weren't there, it the gameplay was simple, but there was strategy involved to it. You had to you're not just mindlessly shooting away at stuff. You you Um, you did have to adapt to the game, but the easy gameplay would draw you in, but the inability to uh, almost win, but not win is what hooks you. And that's a sign of a great game. And again, with Mike Tyson's punch out, you can learn it quickly. You can actually progress pretty far, but you're never going to get to the Holy grail. I personally didn't know anyone who had beat Tyson. The closest I got was hearing about some kid who had done it, but this was the 80s, you couldn't prove a thing and it was probably just a bunch of crap too. Mike Tyson's Punch-Out was unique as it was more than just a boxing game. There was an aspect of puzzle solving as you would have to learn and recognize patterns to defeat the various boxers. This game will always be remembered fondly and it did have an addictive component to it and you know, featured possibly the greatest final boss um, in video game history besides Bowser. So finish it up there. Hopefully you enjoyed this episode and just a look back at a classic video game and, you know, actually a little more deeper into the production um, and the success of this game. So that'll be it for me. Thanks for joining. Thanks for taking the time to listen to this podcast. I know there's a ton of podcasts out there. So the fact you listen to this one means a lot, but I will be back soon with a new episode. Don't you dare miss it.